thanks to White Paws Run Mitts for sponsoring our podcast. Run Mitts is one of our favorite products. In fact, we recently featured them on our favorite things list for 2021 and 2020. What's so great about Run Mitts mittens is that you can wear them as mittens and when you get a little bit hot, which often happens even in the cold temperatures, you can just lift the flap and continue wearing them without having to hold your gloves. Conversely, they keep your hands really warm. In fact, you don't really need hand warmers for these because they work so well, but in the event that it's so cold that you do, Run Mitts features a special pocket within the mitts where you can stick your hand warmers. Thank you so much to Run Mitts for sponsoring our podcast. And to all of our listeners, if you'd like to order a pair, head over to the runmitts.com website and enter the code RFF10. That's RFF10 for 10% off. While we pay a lot of attention to the shoes that we wear during our runs, what we put on our feet after our runs is just as important. That's why we love UFO's recovery shoes. As a recovery product, UFO's absorb 37% more impact than traditional footwear, which helps your feet, your ankles, your hips, and lower back recover faster. So while slipping into your favorite pair of UFO's after a hard workout gives you that ooh and ah feeling, you can wear them all day long. We wear ours around the house, while working from home at our stand-up desk, or even out and about running errands. Check out the UFO's line at www.ufos.com. Hey, Julie. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a few weeks since we last recorded. We had take, took a little break over Thanksgiving and then another week, and we're back together. So what's doing with you since we last spoke? Oh, wow. Um, you know, not so much. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, and we've got a special guest today on our podcast related to this. But um, I did go this past weekend to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, for uh, the Rehoboth Se- Beach Seashore Marathon weekend. I did not do the marathon. Um, actually, the backstory to this race is that this is a very popular race in our area. The beach is about two and a half hours from us. We've had a lot of runners in the past target Rehoboth as their marathon. It's a flat race. It's a really well, always had the reputation of a really well organized race. The weather is usually pretty good, especially for our runners who prefer colder weather. So we kind of get away from the risk of heat that we have in September, October races. Um, our runners who like to do more of the bulk of their training over the fall versus the summer, it's a good race for them. So we've always uh, encouraged r- runners to do the race and we've always had runners do the race and lots of our friends here who run have done the race. And two years ago, so in December of 2019, um, we had a bunch of runners do the race. And I just remember talking to them after and hearing um, their rave reviews for the race and how great, how well organized it was, how much they loved it. We usually have pretty good performances there. And um, I remember telling one of our runners, Erin Linton in particular, um, uh, I remember telling her, wow, that sounds like a race. I, I can't believe I haven't done it. Like I want to do it and I'm going to make it my fall marathon for 2020. So they opened registration. I remember, I think it was New Year's Eve of 2019 or right after, I think it was right after New Year's of 2020. They had like, you know, registration open, low early registration costs. So I said, you know what, I'm going to register for, it'll be my fall marathon. I'll do Boston in April. I'll do Rehoboth in, in December. That'll be my fall marathon. So I registered all excited to find out what the hype was about and go join the party. And we know what happened. So clearly, obviously, um, 2020. Want, want. 2020 was canceled. And I frankly forgot that I had even registered until probably, I think, I think it 
at some point in 2020, I'd gotten an email that said, you know, race is canceled, we'll defer you to the next year. And then I really forgot about it. And until I maybe mid 2021, I don't even remember when it was, I got an email that said, you know, we we're going to open registration for Rehoboth. They weren't sure. The race director wasn't sure she was going to open it. She didn't want to open registration until they had a pretty good chance of the race going off. So I think it must have been summer of 2021. They had a sense that they might be able to do the race. And I got an email that said, you know, don't forget, you have here's your deferral entry from 2020. You're automatically, you just need to go in and, you know, register and you'll be signed up for the 2021 marathon. So I did that. Um, and, uh, but then also recognizing that if, Boston really happened in October, that that would be an October marathon, uh, December marathon, and then back to Boston in April. It'd be a lot of marathons in a row. So I waited until after Boston to see how I felt. And after Boston, um, actually really it was November, early November, I realized I just did not want to run another marathon. So I emailed the race director to see if I could switch my deferred registration to the half. And she wrote back uh, and said, absolutely no problem. I switched it off or you're all done. She had written me back at like three o'clock in the morning. And I remember thinking in my head, wow, this race director is a hard worker. Like what race director is up sending emails back to runners at three o'clock in the morning, right? At, I probably sent the email at like 11 o'clock at night. And I said, you know, that is a, that's a really dedicated, hardworking uh, race director. So any case, long story short, I finally made it to Rehoboth um, this year doing the half marathon. We had a bunch of runners come with us. It is a great race. So highly recommend to any runners anywhere in the country. Um, interestingly enough, it's very popular understandably, with the 50 state runners. Those are trying to get all their 50 states because there are not many Delaware marathons. And this is a really good one. So if you're somebody trying to get your 50 states, if you're just looking for a December marathon or half marathon, um, extremely well organized. The race director is probably one of the most responsive race directors uh, and involved race directors I've ever seen. She really has her whole heart into, um, into this race. And um, it's just a great race and it's a lot of fun. And, and you know, really treats all runners equally. So if you're finishing first or if you're finishing last, there's still food available at the end. There's still a party going on. And, and we'll talk to the race director, uh, Mary Beth Hutton on this episode, and we'll find out like how that, you know, why that, why that is and, and how that, how that happened, but it's a really great race. So highly recommend. And it was a really fun weekend, a quick getaway to the beach, which I love in the summer, but in the winter has its, has its um, benefits too. It's much quieter, less traffic, uh, really nice. So a great weekend. I'm so glad it looked like it was just a great time. I definitely looked like a party of a bunch of MCRC people. So I'm so glad that you were part of it. Uh, just a question for you. I know you ran the half and not the full, but was there anything about the course that you personally found to be particularly challenging? And I asked that because Rehoboth has a reputation of being a really flat, easy course, um, but the course has changed a little bit. So did you note anything now that you've done it that you would pass on to other runners? Absolutely. And I even made some notes in our race prep that we have for Rehoboth so that I remember for next year to, you know, for us to add it into our race prep. Um, you know, it is a great race. It's very well organized. Um, a couple of things I would, I would, you know, things I'd point out to people who are considering running on it, running either the half or the full, um, both have a portion of the race on the, um, I'm forgetting now the Junction Breakwater Trail. It's a it's a trail that um, goes through Rehoboth and goes into Lewis, Delaware, and it's a great trail. I've actually run on it before when I've been at the beach. Um, but it's crushed gravel, and honestly, in the summer, the crushed gravel it's crushed and packed enough that it doesn't really 
feel too, um, too challenging. Um, but in the fall, there are also leaves on top of the crushed gravel. So it was, there were a lot of leaves, um, a lot of slippery. I lost a ton of time. I was really, really steady on a solid um, seven minute per mile pace from zero, from the start until mile uh, six and a half, or maybe it was eight, I forget, six and a half or eight. Yeah, it was about eight. So it was through mile, like it was one through seven. It was like, like clockwork. And then I hit the trail and I felt like I was working the same or even harder. And I was losing about 20 to 30 seconds per mile. Um, and I've talked to people after I've read race reviews from this one and kind of the consensus is the same is that you're just not as efficient on that. So you can feel like you're working hard. Um, and in a couple of places where the leaves were more dense, um, I, I felt like, you know, one time I almost kind of tripped. Um, so you, you could really trip or twist a, you know, twist an ankle on it. And again, it just, you lose a little bit of, of your efficiency there. And I personally lost a little bit of my, or a considerable amount of my speed there. So that's something to, to know about. Um, it's also part of the race and the race course has changed a little bit this year. And I know she's changed it um, a few times in the past. So sometimes it has more boardwalk, sometimes it has less boardwalk. The boardwalk was miles two through three in, in this race, um, in this, you know, this course. And uh, we luckily had a dry day and it was warm enough in the morning that there wasn't any frost or any you know, slick spots on the boardwalk, but I could imagine um, in different conditions that the boardwalk could be a little bit slick for that one mile that you're on the boardwalk. Um, there's wind too, wind is the other factor. We were lucky, the winds were pretty um, minimal. They weren't that noticeable, um, but on you know any given day, the winds of the beach can be much more um, you know, it's much stronger. So that that's another factor. So there are definitely, you know, some, some challenges to the race. It's not, you know, super easy, uh, guaranteed PR, but, uh, but it's overall general, the course is beautiful. It runs through all different sorts of, you know, it runs through the downtown Rehoboth area. It runs along the boardwalk. It runs, um, if you're on the marathon, it goes through Gordon's pond, which is a really pretty, you know, um, just um, you know, just uh, like a less populated area, runs on the Junction Breakwater Trail that's really beautiful. So it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful race. And you start the race, uh, the race starts at 7 a.m. as the sun is rising. So the sun's rising over the ocean and uh, it's just really, it's, it's a beautiful race. So yeah, so definitely, um, you know, I would make note of, of that, those parts on the trail. And if you're doing the marathon, you have much, you have, you have longer portions on the trail than if you're doing the half marathon. Good to know. And it's good to know for people looking ahead to next year who want to do a late fall marathon, who are concerned about the heat. Um, often on the East Coast, people are deciding between Philly, Richmond, Rehoboth in terms of, of figuring out which one works best. So that's just another factor to note. They are all have positive and very few negative um, aspects to them. So thank you for providing that information. And we'll note it for next year when talking to runners about fall race plans. And we're going to talk about this a little more in our next podcast uh, before the year ends, a coaching podcast. But just a comment is quite a few of our runners do did this season uh, second marathons where they did a, a first marathon early in the fall and then a second one later in the fall. And Rehoboth was one of them, Richmond and Philly. And, you know, I wish I could sit here and say, and we learn from that, that it's best to blankety blank. But what we learn is the same thing we learn every year is that it's very individual as to whether a second fall marathon works better for a runner or worse. And so it's really, an, and this is such a boring answer, but it's the truth. It's an individual decision based on an individual runner's ability, their, what happened in the initial race, uh, why they want to run a second race, 
their fitness, their endurance, their ability to recover, and everyone is different. So I just bring this up briefly to say that sometimes people tend to do second marathons because they want to do another marathon with their friends, but really take a look at, at your particular situation. And if that's not something that's going to work for you that season, switch to the half or go cheer on your friends, but don't just do it because, because it does set you back to be able to then springboard into your next training cycle because you have to take that much more recovery before launching into a training cycle for a spring marathon if you choose to do that. Yeah, I think that goes sort of to our, you know, somebody recently asked us what are, what's our coaching philosophy? And we had to explain that we don't really have a set in stone philosophy. Our philosophy is that every in, runner is individual. We have to meet every runner where they are and what, what might work for run runner may not work for another runner. And, um, you know, that's the same here. So it's, it's, it would be nice to have a rule that we could say like, yes, we've always seen that, you know, if somebody does a first marathon early in the fall, they have a really strong second marathon. But like you said, that's not always the case. And, you know, it's not just people wanting to run with their friends, but a lot of people do a, a fall marathon and then think I want to take advantage of this fitness that I built and, you know, kind of squeeze out another marathon out of it before I lose this fitness. And for some people that can work. And for some people, uh, it, it's not you know, it's not the right, uh, it's not the best approach or the approach that's going to lead to the, to the best, um, you know, results in the, in the immediate future or in the more distant future. So, um, I think that's a really good point to make is that it's not always, there's no blanket rule. And, um, even, even for people who we think that, you know, a second marathon might be a good idea, conditions can change and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen on race day. Um, any, anything can happen. So, um, so it is, it's, it's, it's kind of a balancing act between taking advantage of that fitness that you have and also preserving your health and making sure that you recover enough to be able to have a strong subsequent training cycle. Absolutely. So, and to your point, when you mentioned fitness and taking advantage of that, that doesn't mean you can't take advantage of your fitness after recovering from a marathon to do shorter stuff, because that's really fun too. And of course, any marathon training cycle is another building block and foundation for the next marathon training cycle, regardless of the timing. But I know for me, I really enjoy after recovering from a marathon, doing some shorter races where it doesn't impact my marathon training. So I didn't do quite as many as I usually do in the fall because Boston was right in the middle of the fall. And I really did want to take uh, a month off of just doing very little running, but I was able to, uh, eke out, uh, the Rockville 10k, which I talked about on our last podcast, and I haven't run a 10k in a long time. And then after not running a 10k for a few years, I ran a second 10k. Um, I ran with my sister, Wendy in Chicago. We did the um, North Shore Turkey Trot. Uh, that's where I was for Thanksgiving. And it was really fun to go to a race with my sister, which I never get to do. And the funny part is, is that race is actually a it's under a new name called Emotive Racing, but they're actually part of that hot chocolate company, Ram Racing. No, they yeah. tricked you. They <laughs> totally no, no, Julie. So I hate Ram Racing and Ram Racing. If you're listening, I still don't like you. Um, they held a race many years ago, the hot chocolate 15K slash 10K over at National Harbor. We probably a hot mess. It's a hot mess. And I mean, we, we may have talked to the Washington Post about what a hot mess it was. And I believe we called it a disaster. And I believe that Ram Racing may have banned us from their social media because we kept asking them to consider refunding money for all of the runners who had to stand out in the freezing cold and not were not able to find parking. It was a very expensive race and it probably caused some unnecessary injuries as a result of all these runners standing in the freezing cold with no 
water, very little access to bathrooms. And there was like a lot of things going on. We won't get into it, but let's just say hot chocolate races are not, we're not fans. And so this race was under a, a different name. And so I quickly realized that it was a Ram racing race, but I will say uh, it was very well done. It was a huge race in uh, the North Shore suburbs of Chicago, so big that they had uh, professional announcements and uh, every bell and whistle and a, and a nice race, um, whatever, a sweatshirt, whatever. But um, if I hadn't known it was Ram Racing, I would have given them an A plus. But because I know it's them, I, I'm just a little suspicious. But overall, it was a well-executed race. And I ran with no training for a 10K, but I ran the exact to the second same time that I ran for the Rockville 10K on a completely different course. I think that's so weird. Wow. Different courses, different weather. It was windy. So I don't know. I, I just, it must have just be something in my, my head or whatever. I'm consistent with that. Just in my head. Um, well, I think that the, brings up a good point too. You're talking about Ram racing and the disaster that was here. How important it is for a race director to know their community and really be a part of their community. And that was part of the problem is that they came from Chicago to DC as total outsiders and didn't know anything about the running community here. Whereas I'm sure they put on great races in Chicago where they know the community. And we'll talk to Mary Beth shortly too about why her race is so successful is because she's really such a part of the community there and the whole community comes together to make sure that that race is a success. So um, that I think is really an important and something to point out too, kind of as a side note, if you're checking out races for your 2022 season and you see maybe something that looks new or that you hadn't seen before, look for reviews, check out the organization, make sure they're reputable, make sure they're not going to cancel the race on you at the last minute. Um, really do your research into the races and see what you can find out. Um, we're always happy to help let if people want to email us, we can see what we can find out. Um, but that that leads me to the next point is that this is a good time now to reach out to us or coaches. If you're thinking of getting a coach for your 2022 races, um, this is when we're starting to fill up now. It's, it's a very um, it's kind of a predictable pattern for us that, you know, in um, typically in like May and again in December, we get an influx of new runners who are looking for either fall or spring races. So this is the time. Um, and if you're, uh, you know, if you're a new New runner, the value of reaching out to either a coach or a group or a program of some sort as you get that guidance. Um, running is simple. You just have to put on your shoes and go outside and run, but there's so much information out there. It can be overwhelming. And I know I've talked to some uh, runners, some new clients in the last few weeks that have said, like, I just need somebody to filter all this for me and tell me what I need to know because I'm trying to do this on my own and I'm overwhelmed with the information. So, um, so that helps. And if you're an experienced runner and you've been doing something one way for many years, um, you're going to get the same results. So sometimes a new set of eyes on your running routine and um, a different, some different accountability can really help you um, break through a plateau and get to that next either goal or next achievement that you're looking, looking for. But this is the time that, you know, it's hard to think about right now because we're wrapping up the year and we just wrapped up races. But if we're starting to look forward to races, big races or, or small races and just goals that folks have in 2022, uh, now is the time to start putting that plan together and thinking about even if you're not going to get a coach, thinking about your plan and um, how you're going to plan your cycles of, of your training. Like, what is your goal race? And then work back from that. Um, you want to peak in time for that that race. And then, you know, if you're going to do other races, how do they fit into that schedule? Are they um, 
are they tune-up races? Are they um, part of your kind of speed work along the way? Are they races to gauge your fitness? Um, because we, we all, what also happens is, I know I do this too, is I tend to see a race pop up and I, oh, great, I want to do that when I register. And then another one, oh, I want to do that one too. And I want to do this one. And then all of a sudden I notice I have like three races, three weekends in a row in the spring and didn't really plan, you know, what, what's my, you know, what's my strategy here? So, um, so it helps to kind of think through that now. Absolutely. Um, and similarly, it helps too, and we've talked about this before, making sure that the, the people in your world um, who you support and support you are also on board with your training plans. A lot of times uh, we get excited and ambitious and we sign up for things um, and then we realize it really doesn't work with where we are in, in that cycle of life. It doesn't mean don't run the marathon or the half marathon, but make sure the timing of it works for you so that it doesn't become a stressor and that your running continues to be a stress reliever and not a stress inducer. So before we um, take it over to Mary Beth, where you interviewed her yesterday, thank you so much for doing that. And I know she was terrific. Uh, we just want to announce the winner of our raffle. We asked a few weeks ago for people to leave us some reviews of our podcast and many kindly did. And we so appreciate that. And we um, randomly selected one of our reviewers and that is Andrea Petrovich. And Andrea, we will be sending you a prize pack consisting of some of the uh, favorite things from our favorite things episode that we mentioned, and we will be mailing that to you. So we'll send you an email as well and get your mailing address so that we can do that. Thank you. Thank you to all who've already left reviews. We now have over 180 reviews of our podcast. Uh, we'd love to get to 200. And uh, this really helps us uh, get, get to those folks who may not have heard of us. And for those who continue to listen and share, share about our podcast, we can't thank you enough. It really allows us to be able to continue to create new content. So speaking of which, after our episode today, we'll do one more coaching episode before we take a little time off before the new year and then enter into our next season of podcasting, which will coincide with the buildup to the 2022 Boston Marathon. So we're already getting excited. We will definitely reach out to Dave McGilvery to have him back on to share the latest and greatest and many other guests related to the Boston Marathon. So Lisa, I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great week, Julie. All right. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Mary Beth Hutton, welcome to the Run Farther and Faster podcast. And thank you so much for joining us when you are coming off of such a whirlwind weekend. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so we are talking on today's podcast about our great experience at the Rehoboth Beach Seashore Marathon and Half Marathon this weekend. We were so excited that it was back. And you are the woman behind all of the, the magic that happens over the weekend. And, and um, I was so impressed at um, not only the organization of the race weekend and how smoothly everything went, but you as a race director, you are everywhere. You are answering every question. You are, uh, you know, responding to emails at three o'clock in the morning and you are just, um, you seem like the energizer bunny. And we just wanted to have you on today to, to get to know you better and also kind of find out what goes, what goes into putting on a successful race and then how runners can can support race directors and make your job easier so that you don't have to as um, <laughs> much work. We'll talk about a little bit about that too, but we wanted to get started by just um, for our listeners, introducing yourself, kind of telling us um, your background, your athletic background and how you got to be where you are now. 
So I moved to Rehoboth in 2006 full-time. I'd spent a lot of time in Rehoboth and I had played around with moving here full-time for a long time. Uh, and when I moved here, I was running and doing triathlons. I mean, I'm not like an elite, I'm more middle of the packer for running and triathlons. And um, there were, there weren't any places to get all my running and triathlon gear locally. So I opened my store, Rehoboth Beach Running Company. And um, the first year, um, you know, there's a million races in Rehoboth, tons of 5Ks and a few longer races, but there was no marathon in Rehoboth. And um, so I had been talking to Tim Bamforth from Seashore Striders, and um, we kind of joined together and decided to put on our own marathon and half marathon. And the, the very first year, my goal was at least 500 people, you know, just for our first year to kind of get it off the ground. And we did, we got 500 people and now we've grown to, um, 3000 is our limit from the state, the local state parks. So most years we sell out this year, we're pretty close to selling out. And, uh, I just kind of wanted to always wanted to make the race the kind of race that I like to participate in. So, you know, when I do races, I'm kind of in the middle of the pack, not the front, not the back, but, um, you know, then I stand around talk and I cheer people on. And sometimes by the time I do that, there's no food left. So I want to make sure there's food enough for everyone. I wanted to have like a party. I like to, I like to celebrate after a, a half marathon, especially a marathon. I like to just have fun, have some, I love, um, you know, craft beer and things like that. So it's awesome having dogfish at our race. It's just all those little things. I'm not a fan of chocolate milk, but other people are. So people wanted us to have chocolate milk. So now we have chocolate milk after the race, but our core, our area of running is beautiful. Um, as a lot of people know. So I just thought I'd love to share that with people all over the 50 staters and all of that kind of stuff who've never been to Delaware. I mean, our state parks are beautiful, the boardwalk, the beach. I feel like almost every year too, when the sun comes up just over the boardwalk, right before when we start on the bandstand, it just, I'm like almost crying every year because it's just so beautiful. And we have such a great running community in Rehoboth, you know, full-time or part-time, a lot of runners of all different distances, fast runners, slow runners, everything in between, uh, old people, young people. So it's just really been a great collaboration with all of that put together. And, you know, the, the race this year, especially, I was still worried it might not happen again, um, you know, with things that are out of our control, but we were able to have the race. The weather was perfect. Some kind of good karma out there. And it was uh, ideal. Yes. Um, so that helped everyone's enjoyment. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of great, you know, the local police, the fire police, the, you know, the medics, uh, everybody, it, you know, they just really pull together to help us, help the runners they just really care. They want everyone to be safe, but have fun and make a nice course. Um, and we have a lot of great volunteers. Some of the volunteers, they run some years, then they volunteer some years, or some do both. They volunteer on Friday, then they do the race. And then some like do the race and then volunteer at the finish line after they race. So we have a lot, a lot of help with a lot of awesome volunteers. 
have you ever been able to run the race? Yes, only once. Um, I okay. did the full art. So 2017 was our 10 year, was our 10th race. Yep. And so I decided that uh, I wanted to run. And it was quite a challenge. Some of my other friends who help every year don't actually do the race anymore because they're helping me so much. Um, they're like, well, if you're running, we're all running. So um, uh, my husband, Bobby did the full, I did the full. Uh, my friends, Linda and Amy just did the half. I don't, I don't mean just did the half, but that was great <laughs> for me because they did the half and then they went right back to work volunteering. <laughs> um, so it was it was very exhausting running the full that year because we work till late that night. We only get a few hours of sleep. Then we work at packet pickup, you know, race morning, and then we ran and then we worked. <laughs> so it was exhausting. Not exhausting. my, not my fastest race, not my easiest race, but I loved it. We had great weather that year too. And it was so cool for me to see like all the water stops. Like I know people at almost, every, well, I knew people at every water stop. Um, so I get that extra cheering for me because people know me and to just see, I never get to see that part of the course because I'm always at the start and the finish, but I can't get out to Lewis and see all of that. And then to see all the local runners, so, you know, there's some parts of the course where it's out and back so you can see people. And so I got to see, uh, you know, our locals or some people that I feel like they're locals because they come and do our race every year. I mean, there are people that have been doing the race over and over that don't live any, you know, live in New York or, you know, somewhere farther away. And uh, so it was it was wonderful to be able to run the race. Hopefully, maybe at the 20th year, I'll run it again. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you uh, took this over, when you started the race in 2006, had you had any experience directing races? No. <laughs> this is <No>. only, <laughs> I've only done one other, I've only directed one other race. We tried to do this 10 mile skirt chaser a few years ago, but it was in the fall and there's just a lot of stuff going on. And, um, it just, we, it, it, whatever, I'm too focused on the marathon. And so we didn't really get off the ground, but no, this is the only race I direct. And, uh, so tell yeah, me a little bit about like, you know, what's the learning curve? Like what, what are the lessons that you've learned throughout the years? What are the changes that you've implemented? Like looking back at, you know, 2006 to now, what, are, what have you learned and what changes have, have you put into place that, um, well, from what you've learned? Yeah, we've learned a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, luckily we did, we've never had any real true bad experiences and plus we're working with, so like Tim Bamforth from the Seashore Striders, he does lots of 5Ks and all of that. So he knew a yeah. lot about that stuff already. And then we're working with, you know, the state police, the fire police. So I had that great group of people. So we never really had anything, you know, terrible go wrong or anything like that. But each year we try to tweak it and tweak it. And uh, I know everyone loved running on the boardwalk this year. We started the first year we were on the boardwalk. Um, and we had actually the start and finish was on the boardwalk. And the party was down um, at my store, like a half mile away. So that didn't, I didn't really love that. I was like trying to call down, okay, where's the results? And you know, that having the, uh, I like having the finish and the party right at the same spot. And I like to be at both those spots so I can run back and forth. And um, so no major, no major catastrophes that I can think of. Um, just every year we'd make some little mistakes and we, 
fix them. And, you know, some things are in our control. Some things this year weren't in our control, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. yeah speaking of that, so tell me, a little, tell me a little bit about COVID and how that, that had put a wrench in things last year. And, and I know this year you didn't open registration until you felt pretty confident that it was going to go forward. Um, but to talk to us a little bit about, you know, the year of COVID and, and, and what that did, not only for the race, but also for your store, um, you know, Rehoboth, obviously, I'm guessing was less crowded uh, during those times. Talk to us a little bit about COVID and, and what happened during that time period. Yeah, it was a lot of not so great things. Um, so, with my store, it's super, the, it's the busiest in the summer. So I try to do a lot of the marathon things and order things and get a lot of things done before the summer hits. So 2020 was my year to be extra organized and extra on top of everything. So I had the medals ordered in February, the awards ordered in February, just all this, we're doing a custom color shirt. It like, I mean, we had all the medals and awards. We didn't have them in our possession, but it was too late to cancel the order. So when COVID hit, like I couldn't cancel any of those order. I mean, I've never ordered them that early. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be of kidding course, me. The one year you do. What do you do with all that stuff? <laughs> so we, I mean, we donated some. There's a local school here in Milton where the kids, but that's just a small amount of them. They did this reading marathon. So they earned the marathon medals, but- yeah, a lot of them uh, did not get really used for anything. And then we did have people do the virtual. So that was several right. hundred. So we mailed people shirts and medals. And uh, luckily, we hadn't printed all the shirts yet. Um, but yeah, we kept thinking it was going to happen. Then we had to cut our numbers and then cut them again. And then it it just yeah, it was a eh, pretty stressful time for definitely for me and, and lots of other people's. Lots of people had way worse problems than that. But yeah, and then our store was closed right. for two months. Um, and we were still doing, we were still pretty busy. So people, a lot of people were supporting. So we were driving all over town, delivering. People would order t-shirts and some shoes and, you know, buffs and things. So we were, you know, delivering people directly to their house and dropping off on the porch. Um, people were ordering from us online to support. And uh so we were kind of busy, but not really having a lot of sales. And then um, once we were allowed to reopen, even when a point for appointment only, we've had tons of huge support. One, tons of people more than ever are running and walking right now, just even if it's just in the neighborhoods. And then a lot of people, Rehoboth is their second home. So if they were working remotely, they spent uh, more time in Rehoboth you know, during 2020 than other years. So that was good for our store. So business-wise, once we reopened, the store was great. You know, the marathon took some hits, but, and even this year, I was just still nervous. You know, what if it just cancels at the last minute? If we've ordered food for the party and we've done this and this and this. Um, so not luck luckily- Was there a point at which- Right. Was there a point at which you felt like, okay, it's going to go forward? <laughs> was there some oh, point? It was only like two days in advance. advance. Once it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how. Once it's like two yeah. days in advance, I'm thinking, okay, I think they're not going to put the bug. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this year's. I mean, I was there, so I got to experience it. It was uh, really just, I thought, 
Um, I was so impressed with the community that you've created. Like you said, even people that aren't necessarily from Rehoboth or from Oliver, who people clearly, they have a, such a, um, you know, a love of this race. And I can tell why now, because you get there and it just feels like it's so welcoming. And um, you really did a great job in uh, realizing that vision of yours to make it a place where every, you know, everybody that finishes, no matter where they are, in the pack is included in the party after there's food waiting from there's people cheering them on the volunteers I was so impressed with your cadre of volunteers is really people who are just dedicated so um so uh, I thought this year was a, a very successful year how, how did you feel from your end as race director did it go yes well? it, it was very 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 successful I mean first of all the good weather always makes everyone happier <laughs> we can't control that we're That's always kind right. of holding our breaths We've only, the the only year we really had awful weather was the very first year when the race was still in November. And it was like 20 degrees, super windy. It was kind of icy from a little sleet the night before. You know, the Gatorade and water were freezing and people would throw their cups down and would freeze. It was awful. I was surprised we had anyone ever came back after that. <laughs> but um, yeah, the good weather helped a lot. Um, and then also just so many people have helped like a lot of the people, uh, well, both the volunteers and also the people, you know, like the state troopers and the Rehoboth police and the fire police and the, you know, EMTs. It's a lot of the actual individual people, not just the organizations, are the same every year. So that really helps. They, we know them, they know us. We like have a really good rapport and they know, you know, know whatever, where places on the course where it could get congested or whatever. Um, so yeah, everything went really, and a lot of the volunteers at the finish line, we've got it like dialed in to like, you know, just like Wednesday night before the race, everyone, not everyone, but you know, like 30 people come over to my house. We open up all the medals. We put the labels on the bibs. We opened this year, the heat sheets were individually wrapped. So that all that doing that at the finish line is a nightmare. So we open them all in advance. Uh, so people come over. It's it's a tradition. Wednesday night, we have pizza and some beer and wine and sodas and open all that. Um, uh, the wristbands, we take apart the wristbands and get them all packed. So, uh, yeah, it's like a, a lot of the same people every year. So it really, really helps. Everyone kind of knows, you know, what's going on and. A well-oiled machine by now. A well-oiled machine, yeah. knock on wood. <laughs> Secret to, to any any race success, I think, is having that, you know, that, that like you said, then of that community of people who pitch in together and and just make it happen. And yeah. uh, that was that was very evident from a, from a racer standpoint. Um, so talk about when do you start planning for next year? So I know I'm still. <laughs> it afraid sounds like probably really because I feel like the pandemic is not just over yet. So. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to, what we normally do before COVID is we just go like right now, we're starting to like, we're finishing up this year, but we're making all our changes, anything. I want to like start ordering things, picking things, you know, like any other little changes. I want to do it now, but then I'm also still nervous. Like what's going to happen, you know, this year is, is it possible the race might not happen this year, you know? So I don't want to open registration like we have done for so many years on New Year's Eve. Um, so we'll probably wait till the 
summer. So we'll have kind of things planned out, but not actually spend the money and not actually order. Um, so, which has its pros and cons because there's a lot, like the medals only came a week before the race. The awards came uh, a week before the race. And then this is the one year where the awards, some were missing and some were duplicates. So it can't get fixed because it's only, it's right before the race. So I don't love that last minute stuff. So I'm hoping things like get more, uh, just, yeah, so right. we'll see. Yeah. yeah, you can be a little more confident maybe in February or March. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, that's great. Um, and what, um, what about you? What, what are your plans for, you know, are you, are you training for anything? Are you, what are your plans for the coming year? I'm not really training for anything. My goal, so this, like ever since COVID hit and we reopened, the store has been so busy. So I'm just working, working, working. And with the marathon, you know, being a tighter timeline this year, working, working, working. So I've not been doing my own workouts enough. I am still running, biking, swimming, and doing yoga, but like such a, like much smaller amount. <laughs> and, uh, so my goal for myself is to get back on track with training, maybe train for another marathon, nothing fast or anything like that. I'm not, I've done a few Ironmans. I probably will not do any more of those. You never know, but that's just a little bit too done much time. Though. That's a pretty, that's, yeah, it's a lot of time, but you've done a few, which is a big, those are huge, huge accomplishments. Do you have a favorite marathon? Um, other I than your own? <laughs> I know. Well, it was, it was one of my favorites. Um, I've only run Boston once, but, um, <clears throat> and it was the bombing year. So that was actually really bad. But before the bombing, it was my, it was wonderful. It was great weather and I felt good. It was my fastest marathon ever. And, um, but, uh, and then like my favorite, did you get my, to finish? Did you, get I did finish? get to finish. We, yeah. Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, we were there too that year. That, that was a tough year. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Iron Man. Yeah, my favorite. I can't talk. My favorite Iron Man was Iron Man Lake Placid. We a bunch of us went there together, and uh, <coughs> sorry, keep coughing. And um, it's so beautiful. It's hard for us because we live in flatlands and it's really hilly. But uh, but it was so fun. We had a great group. We had great weather. I mean, weather obviously is important to me. Not other people aren't quite as. Uh, <laughs> Dependent on the weather as me, but I like good weather. A lot of them. I, yeah. I agree. I was very relieved with the weather for this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, especially because yeah. I'm not like an elite or whatever. So I like to enjoy my race, you know, like I'm not all right. about, especially these days about trying to get my fastest race. Just, I want to have fun. Yeah. But you're a very experienced pro prolific racer. Every time I'd meet somebody at the course on, you know, at the race this weekend, they would say do you know Mary Beth she's this amazing athlete and she's you know she's a everyone I think you know really reveres you I think you know really I, I have to say again your just your um passion for the sport and for the event and your enthusiasm clearly comes through and it trickles down to all the runners and to the, into race day. It really was. And I run, you know, over 40 marathons. Now I did the half this past weekend, but I've run many, many, you know, have been running for 25 years. And this would, I would rank this up there as one of the best race experiences. So Aww, thank, thank you, you and all of your, I know you don't do it alone. And um, I was impressed, you know, that 
I, I, we, uh, I spoke to one of the um, Dover uh, police officers who had come in from Dover. I guess Delaware is a small enough place that, you know, you can get, you don't yes. you have Rehoboth, you can't just staff it. Right. So I was just impressed that you had uh, police officers from all over and they were, they said, oh, this is so fun. I come every year. I love, I love this. And um, it was just, it, it was such a great, um, it's really speaks to the, why we do this. We do this for community. We do this to be together. Um, it's so nice that we can be back together again. And so for you to be able to um, facilitate that for everyone and so smoothly with so much hard work that goes on behind the scenes. And like I said, I saw that firsthand when you wrote me back at like three in the morning to switch my registration <laughs> from the phone. I thought, does this woman ever sleep? She must if I can't sleep, sleep so I might you, as well get some work done, you know? <laughs> you are nonstop tireless. What can runners do to make a race director's job easier? They can read the website. <laughs> so a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes people email me about questions that are not on the website, but often they are. What time does the race start? You know, just like... <laughs> Uh, you know, and then like research. follow kind of the rules and timelines and deadlines for things. You know, every time we have a deadline, people want to extend it. People are still emailing me now after the race happened to defer to next year when, you know, because they didn't come because they weren't feeling well or something. I know, you know, things happen, but, you know, it's too late to defer. Right. But <laughs> yeah. so reading the website and you know, following and abiding the, by the rules. Following the rules, right? Follow simple, simple request. Read the website, follow the rules. Yes. Let's all make our race directors' uh, jobs easier because you already have a hard enough job juggling so many balls in the air to, to have a successful, safe, successful, and fun race go off. So thank you on behalf of all the runners that were there. Like I said, everybody, I spoke to all our runners that we coached that were there. The feedback was just phenomenal. And um, and I will definitely be back. It's, I think it's going to become Wonderful. a tradition. And we will encourage our runners and encourage all of our listeners. And we did notice a lot of 50 staters because, you know, if you're looking for that Delaware. Well, sure, of course. Marathon. So, yeah, since yeah, there's not a lot great, of since small, there's not a lot of marathons in Delaware. So, yeah, it's fun to see the 50 staters yeah. or these crazy people that have done the 50 states, you know, three times or something. I'm Many like, times. wow, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I'm always impressed. But yes, I noticed it was very popular with the 50 staters. So um, so thank you again for spending your time with us. I know you've got a lot to now go um, straighten out and get back in order to get back, uh, back on track. But um, thank you so much. And I will see you next year because I am okay, planning to register whenever you open registration to be back. So good luck with everything you've got in store for this year. And we will see you maybe when I'm back in the beach in the summer, I'm going to come stop by the store too. So wonderful. We'll thank you, you so much. Thanks, Mary Beth. Happy, happy holidays and happy new year. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Farther and Faster Boston Marathon podcast. We want to give a special thanks to our editor, Aaron Bryan. And if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with others and please leave a review if you haven't done so already on iTunes. Thanks for listening and have a great week.